0: Some praise. Take a seat. Amen. All right. Good morning. Excited for today. As always, sermon questions. So I'll meet you Thursday at 12 o'clock on Instagram. Send your questions in. Uh, last few weeks have been great just to try to dial up some more specific answers to some of the things that you guys have been asking and thinking. So like last week, I told you, you know, a sermon about money, I can't tell you everything exactly that you're supposed to do with it. So then you guys send in some questions, you know, things like, how big is too big of a house, you know, <laughs> so no Bible verse about that, I don't know, so we tried to give you some wisdom and thoughts at least to think about. So I just want you to know, as you're listening, you're like, man, what, how do I apply this in this way, and this way, what does that mean, what does this look like? Please feel free to send in your questions, if you send them in ahead of time, I can look at them and try to give them my best answer, and then you can join us Thursday morning uh thursday at 12 on instagram we'd love to see you there and just to help extend the helpfulness of this time is the goal of that and try to help you as best i can hey the next two weeks we have a serving opportunity and i want you to jump in on it when you leave there's a list in the lobby of uh, people to serve an address with family and then items that you need to get from a store and so we do this every year with thanksgiving So we have people in our community who let us know particular families that are in need some of these families are a part of our delivery list already some are new and so we'd love for you to go out It's it's a great way to serve especially with your family or whatever take your kids go to the store get the items needed deliver them to the family pray for them ask if you can help in any way and let's go be the light of the world in the community over thanksgiving you guys good on that okay okay there should be none of those left all right those should just be gone we should need to recruit more okay so go get one on your way out grab it, and take care of a family during this Thanksgiving. Hey, I want to see if any of you can finish this sentence for me, and I'll know, I'll know that me and you have one heart, okay? Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose, all right, hey, I was impressed, you know, I ran this by my wife, I was like, how many people do you think will know what I'm saying, you know, she was, I don't know, 10%, all right, that was better than 10%, okay, that's from Friday Night Lights, which is the best TV show of all time, okay, number one, number one up there, Uh, the coach would always say, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, and that has actually a lot of spiritual implications about our lives as well. That when our we're going to see today that when our eyes are clear and our hearts are full then we can't lose in terms of our kingdom mindset i want to give you another quick thought as we consider what we're talking about today i'm going to put a stereogram on the screen anybody know what a stereogram is okay now you do so a stereogram as you guys have seen these before okay maybe not wow all right going back to that's a teacher time to teach you this is a picture within a picture And it's the stereogram is something that if you stare at it long enough, you'll see the picture in the picture. So I'm going to give you a few seconds, see if you can figure it out. What is it? See the picture within the, you have to stare at it, and you can't stop looking at it. And it blurs your eyes, and somehow the blurring of your eyes allows you to see what's really there. Does anybody have it? Is everybody failing the test? (laughs) (laughs) This is like the doctor vision test, like how far down the list. Tell me the letters, X, Y, Z. No? It's kind of too far away, maybe? I thought that might be the case. Well, you can, no, that's a good guess. I appreciate the guess. You can look it up later and go find this one. It's actually an airplane. It's an airplane in there, all right? And now you guys are like, What? If you stare at it long enough, you'll see an airplane, all right? Now, I, oh, oh, okay. You lying. You didn't see that. You yeah, acting like you saw it. That's a lie. Now you're going to go look up stereograms on, on Google and try to figure this out. I have spent too much time this week in sermon preparation looking at stereograms, trying to see how good I could be at this. And I was terrible. This was not, my success rate was very small. But the idea of a stereogram is that if you stare at it long enough, You can see what's really there, and there's a spiritual implication to this that if you pay attention to what your eyes are looking at, you might catch a glimpse of what is really there that is hidden behind the surface. And if you just stare at it long enough, and if you just pay attention to what your eyes are looking at, you're going to be able to see things that are really happening that you haven't noticed yet, the reality that's going on behind the surface— this is what we're learning as we dive into Matthew 6 about laying up treasures in heaven and about what our eyes see about storing up these treasures later, having a heavenly perspective, is that when we're, when our eyes are paying, when we're paying attention to what we're looking at, when we focus on where we're looking, we're going to see things we haven't seen before, and it's going to allow us to deal with the realities that are hidden behind the surface, namely our hearts. So what we look at is going to determine where our hearts are at, and we're going to see that today. So go ahead and open your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Let's go. go. Remember, once again, I will say this, preaching is a group project, all right? So join me in this. The more you talk, the better I preach. Okay, so we're going to read Matthew 6, 19 through 23, and we're just going to add a few verses every week as we work through this. So we're going to go back to where we started in 19. I'm going to read it, but we're not going to preach that part. We're just going to preach a couple verses today. Matthew 6, 19-23 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. And this was our sentence last week. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, then your whole body will be full of darkness. And if the light in you is darkness, then how great is the darkness in you? This is where we're going to stop today. I have three thoughts for you as we think through this passage, namely focused on verses 22 and 23. And remember, as we talked about last week, money is a mirror and it reveals the condition of your heart which is what makes your use of it so important to who you really are. So that's what we're talking about. So the first thing today is this. As you see, so you will be. This is the first principle that we learn from this passage. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. As you see, so you will be. I love passages like this because it makes you think. Because when you're reading through it, you think, okay, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, have treasures in heaven. Where your treasure there your heart will be also. Okay, that makes sense. And then it's like, and your eyes, you know, are the lamp of your body. And you're like, what is this like a like a mental trick? What what is happening here? And we're gonna see the connection between what your eyes see and how your whole body responds to this, and what it looks like in your life. The Bible is so wonderful, and when it when it seems like it is odd or doesn't make sense it's actually when you makes the most sense and you're going to learn a ton so just a little bible reading tip if you're like what that that logically doesn't make sense uh keep looking at it keep reading it and you're going to learn a lot so it says the eyes lamp of the body and how i'm saying this is as you see so you will be our eyes are either directed at heavenly things which let light into our lives or earthly things which keep light out of our lives our eyes determine Whether our life is full of light or full of darkness, because our eyes determine whether we're focused on heavenly things, which will bring light in, or whether we're focused on earthly things, which will keep light out. This is what we're going to see from the text today. And what's important about this, especially as we talk about money, is that so many times we think about money, we say something like, it's just one area of my life try to corner it's just one area of my life or it's just that I get all these other things remember just like the rich young ruler I got everything else right just don't touch my money and we say it's just one area of my life so maybe it's not that big a deal but here's what I want you to understand about money this is true in every sense of the word but especially spiritually is that money is not just one area of my life but it's one area that affects every other area Money is not just one area of my life, but it's one area that affects every other area. I cannot compartmentalize how I use my money with who I'm becoming as a person. I cannot make these things separate. I cannot say, well, I'm doing good over here, but I'm kind of not doing this over here. But that's not that big a deal. I can't do that because we talked about last week, it affects the heart. So the reality is that how I spend my money Reveals the condition of my heart. And if I look long enough at it about how I'm using my money, I'm going to see the reality that's there behind the surface. The reality that tells me who I really am. Money isn't just one area of my life. It's not a part of my life. It's one area that affects every single area of my life. Now, we know this to be true in many of our. We would never say, like, oh, my heart is just one part of my body. It's just one part of my body. If the heart, you know, at least my hands are working and stuff. No. If the heart goes, the entire body goes. You never say, oh, my eyes are just one part of my body. You say, no, if the eyes go and you can't see, it affects your entire body. You never say, oh, it's just my eyes. Oh, it's just my heart. And this is true with our money as well. You know that what's in your bank account seems to have an effect on your whole life, doesn't it? it? What is in your bank account affects your entire life. It affects what you can do, what you can't do. It affects how you feel. It affects what you feel. It affects so much about your life. So wouldn't you think it to be true that how you spend what's in your bank account would affect your entire life? So if the amount that's in your bank account affects your whole life, every aspect of your life, then how you spend what's in your bank account is also affecting every aspect of your whole life. Money is not just one area of my life, but it's one area that affects every other area of my life. Because as i see so i will be so the eye is the lamp of the body another way to consider this to help you digest it more is this is that the direction of your eyes determines the affection of your heart another way to say this is what you see affects what you want so my eyes determine the condition of my heart because the direction of my eyes determines the affection of my heart it's a simple concept that what you see affects what you want you know this because this is how commercials work I wasn't in the mood for pizza, and then I saw the pizza commercial, and I called Domino's. You know, what you see is what you want. I wasn't thinking about how messy this part, how much cleaner this could be, until I saw the advertisement for how much cleaner my dishes could be, and I thought, I would like my dishes to be more clean. So I bought the thing. This is how commercials work. If you see it, you will want it. This is how it works. Commercials aren't out of nowhere. They're based on your nature and how you work, how I work. And so if somebody wants to get you to buy something, they will put it in front of you so you can see it. And they will make what you see desirable to you. And then that desire affects your choices. It affects your decisions. It affects what you're willing to do. So you, what you see affects what you want. This is true in your everyday life, and how much more so is this true in your spiritual life, that what you see affects what you want, and if you're putting in front of you earthly things as your primary point of vision, then you will grow in wanting earthly things, and this will lead towards a path of darker and darker and darker and darkness, because it will keep the light of heaven out. But if you fix your eyes, what you see on heavenly things, it will grow your heart to want heavenly things. And that will bring more light in, and you will grow in light and life and freedom in the body, in your soul. You see how this works? And if you're fixing your attention on the things that are going to lead to greater darkness in your life, then there's nothing you can do to get yourself out of that darkness other than redirect your attention. You need to put your eyes on heavenly things so that you want heavenly things, so that you can receive and welcome in heavenly things, so that you can enjoy heavenly things. So this is how the Bible puts this. I want you to understand another way about this, is what you see is also a metaphor for how you understand life. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, what they call a worldview. And how do you see things? So we know this is true physically, what you see affects what you want. We know this is true and emotionally and all these things. It's also a way to think about life. A way to say this is that your practices of life flow from your principles of life so how you see the world affects how you live in the world and listen if your principles are wrong then your practices will be wrong if you don't see things according to reality then you'll respond according to the realities that's not there i mean this is this is how you see all the time where people assume that something's true about the world that's not so you walk around and you say you assume somebody is talking about you, you know, how many times does this happen in your life Somebody makes assumptions that that something's happening, it's not happening at all, but now their heart grows bitter and angry, they get mad, they start conflict because of an assumption they made that wasn't reality. How you see the world affects how you live in the world, and so if your perspective is wrong about how the world works, about what's good for you, then your principles of life will be wrong, which is the big themes of your life, how you think somebody should live. If your principles of life are wrong, then your practices will be wrong. And let me tell you, to be blind in your eyes is to be dark in your life. The reason why, for some of you, there's so much darkness in your life is because your perspective is creating bad principles, which is leading to bad practices. And so the first thing to do is not implement better practices, is to change how you see things. And you've been trying to implement better practices without ever changing your perspective and changing the principles by which you live. And so this is how we're going to see the principle of generosity, of heavenly treasures, is a way of life that we ought to live in that directs our practices and decisions, that brings light in. But the perspective of I have to get mine, I have to take care of myself first, I have to get to the top, all of these types of principles by which you could live, a hoarding mentality, a holding on, an insecure mentality to say, well, I got to get it now because I'm not sure what will happen later, an unwillingness to give away because you're concerned about how it's going to affect you. All those are principles of life that affect your practices that lead to bad outcomes and to be blind in your eyes is to be dark in your life. How you see things determines how you live about them, how you live in your life. You know this to be true that you have to see things for what they are to make good proper judgments about them. If you can't see something for what it is, you won't make a proper judgment about it and you will do the wrong thing. So if you can't see good for good and evil for evil, then your choices are going to be unsure they're not going to be clear and you're going to get yourself in the wrong wrong direction you have to be able to say that's good and this is the way that's going to bless the world and bless me this is how life works and you have to be able to look at that say that's bad that's evil and this is not how the world is supposed to work and it's not going to lead towards life now we know this is true those of you who are following christ you can probably name certain topics we say well of course that's bad and that's good and that's bad and that's good and it determines some of your direction how you live your life I want you to consider the same thing about money and your use of money and your perspective on material possessions, wealth, and particularly the value of heavenly treasures for you to now determine how you're supposed to live your life. So that's the first thing. What you see, as you see, so you will be. And some of you have a distorted view of reality right now that the Lord wants to correct, that you can begin living in the life he's called you to. So you cannot implement good practices Until you have the right perspective, which we're going to see comes from the word of God, which allows you to have the right principles, which allows you to implement good practices so that your life can be full of light. I hope you see the goal of this text in the Bible and the goal of this sermon is that your life would be full of light. I want you to know that. Even if you're here, you say, I'm not a Christian or somebody dragged me in here. I don't know what this is all about. Listen, the heart of this message today is that your life would be full of light. I don't think anybody in this room would say, well, I prefer a life full of darkness. I want darkness in my life every day. I want to wake up in the dark. I want to walk around in the dark. I want to live in the dark. No, 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 no. You don't want that. And so I want you to see now how you can avoid that and how you can live in the light. But now the Bible just says, okay, this is the first reality is as you see, so you will be. And then you have two ways of seeing, good and bad, all right? It's very simple, okay? The first one is, so this is the second point, is that good eyes are good lives. Good eyes, good lives. If you have good eyes, you will live good lives. That's what the Bible says here. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Good eyes, good lives. As you see, so you will be. If you want your life full of light, then you have to see right. It's very simple. The other day I was listening to a podcast about sports or whatever going on. And one of the things that they were talking about was interesting that i know about steroids <clears throat> was that they were they were talking about how differently every athlete responds to enhancements so it's not like everybody can take steroids and reach the same level uh, the drugs respond differently in people's bodies and lives uh, and they said one of the things that steroids d- did like let's say during the the baseball era when people were really doing that the barry bond same so, as so, all that stuff they said one of the things that happens is not just to get your muscles stronger but it enhances your quality of vision one of the things that steroid does for some athletes more than others is it makes their decision extremely precise. There's something that it connects with. So that one of the things was like something like Barry Bonds. Was just like He must have had just incredible vision, and then the steroids just did something to make it like superhuman. Like his vision was unbelievable. And though because his vision, because steroids enhance your vision, it allows you to see the pitch, which allows you to respond quicker than others, which allows you to do better as you're up to bat. The steroids enhance your vision, which allows you to do better in life, which allows you to do better as a baseball player. What I want you to know is what we're going to see today is that the word of God and the scriptures and what God has to say enhances your vision so that you can see better and respond to life and live life better. You need a vision correction. You need a vision enhancement. And in the same way, but times a million, that there's a, a, an earthly drug that can enhance your physical vision that allow you to perform better in life. So it is true a thousand times more spiritually that there is a spiritual resource, the word of God, the perspective of heaven, that allows you to see life better with more clarity so you can make decisions in light of your better sight, which will lead to better outcomes. This is what God wants to provide for you today. And I think some of us don't even realize how cloudy or off our vision is. And how that's what's altering our way of life and our perspective. So the Bible basically here would call a good eye. So what's a good eye? A healthy eye. You say if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Well, in the context of the scriptures here, the eye is about your perspective on money, wealth, and possessions. It's basically a good eye is a generous eye. It's that simple. To have a good eye, to see well, is to see life generously. And it's to see the reality of your temporary life on earth in comparison to your eternal life in heaven. And as we talked about last week, to value, to see the eternal life as much more valuable and the treasures of eternal life as much more valuable than the treasures on earth. Proverbs 22, 9 says it this way, Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed. What a wonderful phrase, for he shares his bread with the poor whoever has a bountiful eye a generous eye a good eye will be blessed so this is the the first thing we need to understand about let's the principle of life this isn't once again about how much money you have how much money you're able to make all of those things remember money's neutral it doesn't do anything how you use money determines whether it's good or bad And so now you say a principle of life for everybody, whether you have $2 or $2 million, whether you're just coming out of college looking for a job or you're retired and you got all this money coming in. Wherever it is, it's the principle of life is the same, which allows every single one of us, no matter what our level of income is, to have the same benefits spiritually. If I live generously, I will benefit spiritually. And that will bring light into my life. And this is going to affect how I live. And let me give you some more verses about this. Acts 20, 35 says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You think, okay, that's up. That's a, that's a truth from the scripture which should lead to a principle of life which changes my practices to say, it is actually, and this isn't some like random preacher talk, it is better for you and better for me to give than to receive. My life, Gets better when I give than when I take. My soul grows better and is more well than when I give than when I take. Now, once again, we can't get confused and say, "Well, if I give five dollars, God will give me ten, and I'll, you know, and all of a sudden I'll be super blessed, prosperly on earth." That might happen. The Lord might bless in that way. You better use it right, but that's not what I'm saying. is always going to happen. But there is, a, there is a part of how the world works like that, that as you act generously, things return back to you. But that, it's not promised that your earthly life will be prosperly blessed in terms of physical possessions. But that, remember, what's most important about you, which is your heart and your eternal life, your soul will grow and be blessed. That light will come into your life. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I love this in Philippians 4.17. Paul's talking to the Philippians about generosity. And he says, not that I seek the gift, as in like, you can give it, but the Lord will provide it whether you give it or not. So I'm not counting on you, is what Paul is saying. But why is Paul telling the Philippians to be generous? He says, I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. So what's the truth about how the world works? Is that Paul is saying, in the kingdom of God, for you to be generous adds to your credit line. It returns back to you. It is a blessing to you. The Lord sees it and responds to that. It is better to give than to receive. But until our eyes fix ourselves on the word of God and on scripture and on heaven, we will never believe things like this to live them out in the way we should. I can tell you this all day long, but you're not gonna believe it unless you see who the Lord is, unless you see the treasures in heaven as really valuable, unless you begin to apply those things in your life And many of you have obviously experienced this in your life and say, man, I get way more out of life to give than to receive. It's a lot funner to give than to receive, to bless others. It's a really enjoyable experience. And so this is something the Lord wants to put in front of you is to say to live selfishly is actually the least selfish thing you could do because it's going to work out worse for you in the end. This is always how it works. One of my favorite verses to tell my kids all the time is in Proverbs. It says, a man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. So I think, who are you really hurting when you're being cruel? You're hurting yourself. You want to do that? Who are you really being kind to when you're being kind? Being kind to yourself. So it comes back right. See how the Bible works this way to say, to be selfish is the, is the least selfish thing I could do. It's self-destructive. But to be generous and to give is almost, in a sense, the most selfish thing I can do because it's the blessing that comes back to me, especially spiritually in terms of heaven and how God sees it and responds to it. The Lord Jesus himself said, you will not give away way more than I could give to you. The disciples are like, man, we've sacrificed everything for you. And God's like, come on, man, that's not how you should think. You will not sacrifice anything that I will not return to you, he says, like 100 times over. And so you have to have this attitude of life to say this is how the world works. Now, how am I going to get there? A simple way is this, if you look upon a generous God, you will become a generous person. So this is how the gospel works its way into your money decisions. Say, how can I become more generous by listening to more sermons, by practicing these things? That's not not all of it, that's that's certainly not all of it, and not most of it. How can I become more generous is I fix my eyes on a generous God and what I see becomes what I want. And this is the gospel, to say the reality of the gospel is that God sacrificed his life in Jesus on the cross so that you could have life and forgiveness of sins. And for some of you, this sermon is not at all about money, but entirely about your soul and the fact that you need to get right with God today by trusting in Jesus Christ. And that living for yourself is the worst thing you could do for yourself. And I want you to fix your eyes on God who loved you, who died for you, who rose again, who's offering you eternal life, and who can take care of you better than you can take care of yourself, who can provide for you better than you can provide for yourself, who can look after you better than you can look after yourself, and who can take all the bad things of life and turn them into things that work out for your good if you would trust in Jesus. This is the reality that he's offering you today. This is the gospel that God has been generous with you. That you and I have sinned. That has separated us from God. That deserves punishment. And the Bible calls that punishment separation from God forever in a place called hell. That's what we deserve. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God has been generous with you. The baseline of the gospel is God's love and generosity towards you, not God's anger towards you. That's a part of it, though, God is angry at sin. But God responds to his anger at sin with offering you forgiveness through sacrificing his own life. You need to receive the gospel and trust in Jesus today. Stop trusting in your own life, your own decisions, your own way. And you need to receive who he is. And for those of you who know Jesus, this is how you grow in the Christian life. We talk about it so much. Is that you fix your eyes on who Jesus is. The gospel is your everyday sustenance for life. And as you focus on what God has done for you, you grow in a generous spirit. As you focus on the sacrifice of Jesus for you, you grow in your willingness to sacrifice. As you focus on God's great love for you, you grow in your love for God and love for others. What you see becomes what you want, as you see so you will be. And your lack of generosity, if that is true for your life, is simply a symptom of the fact that you are not overwhelmed by God's generosity with you. Often greed is because we take for granted God's grace. A spirit of greed is because you and I take for granted God's grace and generosity to us so because maybe some of you have been christians for a while you just kind of take it for granted now of course god loves me of course you need a renewal of this spirit of focus on the gospel a renewal of wonder at what god has done for you and you do this by fixing your eyes on who he is through the scriptures through spending time with god through participating in what he's called you to do through obedience these things will help you grow So you look upon a generous God, you become a generous person. Remember, we say this a lot about the Bible. Reading the Bible is usually the opposite day for what you naturally think. And so it's going to reset your perspective. You're going to default into your natural thinking, which is to say, giving takes away from me. That's the natural thinking, is if I give, I have less. That's how naturally a human would think. But, but. The, in the kingdom it works the opposite to say if i give i have more and so when i'm constantly being reset by the bible's perspective on my life i'm saying oh now i understand if i give i get more whatever that looks like from god once again we clarify you know it doesn't mean you get whatever you want in life or that things always go well for you, you never get sick or anything. none of that of course that's part of life but it does mean in god's prerogative and promise that there's blessing, certainly heavenly, but also earthly in some form or fashion. What you know is if you give, you get more in the kingdom, and it has to reset your natural way of thinking, which is to say, if I give, I get less. Uh, Hudson Taylor, who was a missionary, I love this quote. He says, the less I spent on myself and the more I gave away, the fuller of happiness and blessing did my soul become. He said, the less I spent on myself, the happier I got. That's what he said which is true in our life. And as we talked about last week, money can't buy happiness. Not long-term, certainly not sustainable happiness. So good eyes, good lives. Now the next thing the Bible says is what are bad eyes? Bad eyes are bad lives. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So here's the trouble. Here's the trouble is that our life goes off course when we don't see things rightly. And let me tell you, you will not see things rightly if you are not consistently in the word of God. Your perspective will always derail. And if your perspective derails, your practices will derail, and that will lead to darker and darker paths. And then you'll be mad at God for the darkness of your life when the reason their life is so dark is because you neglected God in the first place. We are way too confident in our ability to see life correctly, way too confident to think I get it, I understand, read that before, know the gospel, I get how life works, I'm successful, this is how you do things, way too confident. And I want you to live on the precipice of terrifying fear that if you neglect the word of God, you will completely derail your life. You just run it off the tracks. You think, well, I might just mess up a little bit. I might not be as zealous for worship. You know, but you think you you not reading the word of God leads to worship not feeling as great or being as emotionally connected to that, which is a small part of that. But you not reading the word of God will lead to the self-destruction of your life because your perspective and my perspective always needs to be corrected. You should wake up thinking, I don't see life correctly. I'm an idiot, and I need the grace and mercy and kindness and revelation of God in the scriptures to set me on the right direction today. Otherwise, I will have bad perspective, which creates bad principles, which leads to bad practices, which will lead to bad outcomes in my life. You and I do not see correctly at all. And what we need and what the Christian grows in is a constant understanding of the word of God to grow in God's perspective on life to be able to live in obedience to what God has said. And once again, to those of you, my friends who are here, you're, you're not in Christ. The issue is not that Christ isn't wonderful. The problem is that you're not seeing it right. And I pray today that God opens your eyes to see who Jesus really is and what he can do for you what he has done for you on the cross and the eternal life he wants to give you so i want to close giving you these couple examples because i think it's important for you to understand this in practice all right so i looked up bad eye diseases on google which was probably not the most encouraging you know i'm like all of a sudden, I'm worried I got 10 different things that could go wrong, you know? It's one of those, like, I wasn't even thinking about my eyes ever being a problem, and now I'm really worried and anxious about how you, 10 ways you can go blind and stuff. I'm like, this is why the internet's terrible. So I was, I was looking up, though, for the sake of this message to understand this, and there's obviously a lot I want to give to and provide some kind of spiritual implication to them because I think this will help you walk in it. How do bad eyes lead to bad lives? Well, one of the main issues, and I actually remember this uh, with my my father when I was younger, is cataracts, cataract problems. Those of you who know, you might know this from experience, but cataracts are basically cloudy vision. It's, It's the lens on your eye is cloudy, and it doesn't work as good as it should, and you need to get that replaced with a better lens so that you can see better because when your vision is cloudy then your steps become problematic. A way you can say this today is that if your vision is blurry, your steps will be shaky. If your vision is blurry, your steps will be shaky. You know why some of you are so hesitant and lack the ability to commit? Not because you have commitment problems. It's because you have vision problems. Your steps are shaky because your vision is blurry. Because you're not seeing who God is And walking in God's plan for your life with supreme confidence. And you need to grow in your vision of who the Lord is and what he's asked you to do through the word of God. Some of you are so hesitant because of that. Some of you are unsure. You're you're insecure about things you should do or how they'll work out. And doubt overwhelms you. It prevents you from being generous because you live in fear of what could happen. And because your vision is blurry about God's ability to provide about god's love for you more than you love yourself about god's supernatural capacity to fill in the gaps of your life to supply what is needed materially but then to fill in the gap when it's not there to provide the sustenance that you need as long as you're needed on earth these are the things we have to understand when we see these things correctly then our steps get more confident but if your vision is blurry your steps will be shaky one time i was i went running and so I was running but I, I my contacts were giving me problems all right so i have bad eyes but i have contacts that work for now i'm hoping that lasts long enough so my contacts give me problems and i couldn't wear them and then i also had my glasses but my glasses are like super loose i haven't gotten new glasses in like five years and so they just fall off they're very useless i don't wear them very much but if i have to but can't really run with loose glasses on that's not going to work out very good either so i decided hey, it's just a run on a trail. I can, just, I can just run and not, with my vision being very bad, because all I got to do is not run into a tree, you know? Like, it doesn't really matter how well I see things. I'm not driving. I'm not caring for a child. I'm just running on this trail. Uh, and I remember I started running, and it was one of the most terrifying runs I've ever had in my life. Uh, one time, it was so many times where, like, sticks would look like snakes, and I'd be like, ha, you know, and I would jump out. And I would run, I would think I was getting close to somebody and I would like dodge out of the way and I'd realize they were like 10 feet away from me, you know. Things were much closer than they appeared and I thought they were far away. It it was a total terrible experience. And I was terrified and I was always running around. I thought sticks were snakes and everything was problematic for me. But so often this is how we live our lives is because our vision is blurry and we accept our vision being blurry and we try to live life with blurred vision. Then we live terrified, anxious, frantic, and scared of everything around us because we're not seeing God clearly. And because we have accepted, that's the problem. We have accepted and decided to continue to live knowing that we're not seeing life correctly. We've accepted it. This is just the way I am. This is just how things go. This is the best I can do. We just accepted it. And then we live life in a state that we don't have to live. If your vision is blurry, your steps will be shaky. So the cataract surgery, I love this. It's very simple. It replaces your bad lens with a good one. So it takes out the cloudy lens, and it puts a better, a good, clear one in some amazing way. I don't understand any doctor how anybody does their things. Y'all are amazing. Praise God for every one of you who are geniuses on earth. They take this, they take your eye off and put your eye back on, you know, however that works. It's amazing, it's amazing. And after you replace it with a good one, you can begin to see clearly. Now, this is what the gospel of Jesus Christ does. You know, the word of God says that apart from Christ, if you're here and you don't know, know Christ, your eyes are blinded, you can, it says you cannot see the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And what the gospel does is it takes your cloudy vision or your blindness off, it replaces it with sight to see, and then you realize how great and wonderful Jesus is and you receive him as savior and your eternal life changes. And that's what I've been praying for some of you today is that God would take the bad lens on your eye and replace it with the good one so you can see who Jesus is. But so often as well, for those of you who are in Christ, this is what needs to happen every day is you take the bad lens off of your own perspective, your own understanding, your own knowledge, your own way of doing things that's blurry and cloudy, and you read the word of God, you get heaven's perspective, you remember heavenly treasures, you put the good lens on, and you begin to see life more clearly so that you can respond better. God wants to give you a better lens today, a lens of generosity. The last issue here is glaucoma. That's the next one I looked up, glaucoma. Is an encouraging message today as so you consider all the things that could go wrong with your eyes your eyes will be perfect in heaven all right. so glaucoma glaucoma is uh I thought this was interesting fading vision so your vision fades over time you know the worry of glaucoma is it just gets progressively worse over time eventually it ends and you can't see anything anymore or at some level so it just gets worse glaucoma is fading vision so cataract is cloudy vision you need a new replacement of your lens so that you can see life clearly so that you can take steps with more sureness not be shaky. The glaucoma is fading vision, so your vision fades over time. And man, is this true for so many of us, that the great things we used to believe that God could do has faded out over time. And because life has beaten you down, your vision of God has also gone down with it. And that has once again led to darkness. It has led to bad practices, doubt, and mistrust. Your vision is fading now how do you fix glaucoma glaucoma surgery it says they drain out extra fluid that's putting pressure on your eye that's not allowing it to work properly so what's happening is there's a pressure that shouldn't be there that has to be released so that you can begin to see as you ought to see so your vision can return and how true is this of our lives that often our vision is fading because there's a pressure on our lives, a pressure on our souls, a pressure on our bank account, a pressure on our decisions, and we have never been with God to allow him to release the pressure of our lives and begin to see the life that we should live to be able to see God as we should see him. And until the pressure is relieved from your eyes, glaucoma cannot get better, and the same is true spiritually, If your vision is fading because the pressure of life is squishing you down, the only way to take steps out of that is to turn to Jesus and allow him to do surgery on your soul to release the pressure of your life and to begin to trust him with everything that you have. So this is important for you now to take steps in light of this. Is your vision cloudy? Do you need a new lens? Is your vision fading? Do you need surgery to relieve the pressure? You need to find a way to respond to God, and we're going to be doing that over these next several weeks. We had a members meeting last week. We talked about the building, the details of the building, all the things that God has done here. It's been amazing. And in the next several weeks, we're going to continue to talk about generosity and the opportunities that we have over the next couple years to make an investment in God's kingdom and to really use this facility and other things that God has given us to his glory. And so not only do I want you to consider what does it look like for you to begin to follow Jesus in this area of your life. But over these next few weeks as we talk, to be prayerful about how you can apply these principles and truths of the Scripture to the opportunities that will be ahead of us as we continue to move forward. So, as you see, so you will be. Good eyes, good lives, and bad eyes, bad lives. And let's pray that the Lord gives us clarity of vision so that we can see him for who he is, so that we can live the life he's called us to live. Let's pray. Let me respond to God now. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you, Lord, that you've been so kind to us and that you've been so generous with us. I pray now, Lord, for every person in the room who doesn't have eyes to see you for who you are, that you would reveal yourself in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you would reveal the glory of Jesus, and that you would save souls. I pray for all of us, Lord, for our cloudy vision to have more clarity today, for our fading vision to be renewed in you today, that you would give us sight, Lord, spiritual sight, to see our money, materials, our wealth, our possessions, our resources, everything that we have, to see them as you see them, to see heaven as heaven, to see earth as earth, Lord, and to be able to make our investment in the right place. And so, Lord, make us that kind of people as we fix our eyes on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand? Let's respond to the.